As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? It's not that the jobs are disappearing. The nature of work is changing and you can actually be paid being a blacksmith inside a role-playing game or breeding dragons or battling these cute pets against other people. Increasingly, those will be real jobs. They will be work. And I think that's, that's the future that my kids will grow up in. Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. I'm your host, Danny Fortson. Thank you for tuning in. We are back from a little miniature hiatus last week. So thank you very much all for bearing with and to reward you for your forbearance. We have a mind bending episode for you this week on the pod is Gabby Dizon, who is the founder of Yield Guild Games, which I'm guessing you've never heard of, but it is fascinating. So just to kind of set the table here, there's a game, which some of you may know, called Axie Infinity. And the basic idea is you assemble these three little cute characters, um, they all have different traits, and then you battle other teams of three little characters, controlled by others. But what is interesting here is that Axie Infinity is play to earn. So it allows players who are very good at the game, or you know, are good at winning battles or breeding axes, trading them, etc., to earn in-game rewards called Small Love Potion. That's right. It sounds a little kind of SLP. But um, the clever bit here is that Small Love Potion is a tokenized resource. It is a currency that you can convert into Ethereum. And then, of course, sell for fiat currency, money, dollars, cash in the real world. And so what you have is this amazing thing that's unfolding where you have players all over the Philippines. That's where Gabby is based, but also in Venezuela and Indonesia and other places in, in the developing world where people are literally keeping the lights on, paying their bills, keeping a roof over their head by playing this game and then selling this stuff they earn in game out in the real world for cash, which is a pretty big deal because it's also a glimmer of, you know, the the much ballyhooed metaverse, this idea that the kind of virtual online worlds that are being built up, you know, will eventually kind of merge and meld with the physical world. You know, so in theory, in the future, I could go to work at a coal mine or, or in my case, a uh, writing for a newspaper in a digital world but get paid for it and have that be the thing that actually keeps uh, the roof over my head out here in the real world it's heady stuff obviously and what Dizon is doing with the Yield Guild games is basically creating a system to bring people in train them up get them to start earning money for themselves and of course the guild they take a cut and really just kind of helping to kind of catalyze this micro virtual economy that's growing up inside this funny little video game. And he's raised more than a million dollars for this idea. And of course, he's doing it also from the Philippines. So it's just a really fascinating story. I think you'll enjoy it because it's just 
It's just a glimpse of some of this next wave of innovation, especially as more of life moves online, especially the younger generations who kind of go deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole. I just think it's fascinating. So, and I think you will think so as well. So without further ado, I now hand you over to Gabby Dizon. He's the founder of Yield Guild Games, and he's very kindly spoke to us while he was on vacation at a beach somewhere in the Philippines. So here he is. Enjoy. Well, look, so I spoke to our mutual friend, Silly Tuna, uh-huh. and he just mentioned in passing what you were up to with Yield Guild Games. And I was just like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so I would just love to understand what it is you guys are doing and kind of how you ended up doing it because it's kind of an off-the-wall idea at least for people who don't operate in the world you do (laughs) sure so i guess i'll start with a short background on myself so i've been in the game industry for 18 years now so been developing games since 2003 i was part of the team that made the first game to come out of the philippines started a mobile game studio in 2014 and we were making uh, pretty much casual games for ios and android devices from then so it was like pretty typical i would say free-to-play games right and are these for the filipino market or is it no global market right and how did that go it was fine i would say we were a competent but we weren't kind of as high up there as like the top candy crushes of the world right like we had some decent games that had several million downloads but we didn't have something on the order of like a massive hit and um, in 2017 we heard about the concept of blockchain ethereum and smart contracts and we were really intrigued and we started experimenting with it just to see like you know like you know how it could possibly make its game to the game industry and how it could uh, disrupt the game industry then. And it was during that time that we were playing around with it that uh, CryptoKitties came out. So this was like November 2017. CryptoKitties came out, broke the Ethereum network, and popularized the term non-fungible token. And when we saw that, we were like, yeah, this is it. Holy shit, this is it. Like NFTs are going to change the (laughs) game industry. We're so excited. Let's dive right in. So we really dove on the deep end, starting learning all we can about NFTs, started making them. And yeah, so I've been deep in the NFT space in 2018. Like, Sorry, just to stop you. And this is probably an obvious question, but why did you think the NFTs were, were going to change gaming? Just the notion that the player could own the assets that they would buy and kind of keep them forever. It just made sense to me. Like in... Like if I bought something in the real world, if I didn't use it anymore, like it didn't just disappear, right? Which is pretty much what happens with games. So just having the notion of I play a role-playing game, I buy a bunch of stuff in that game. Even if I stop playing that game, I should be able to keep it and, you know, sell it back, make some money from it, and then take the money that I've earned and maybe put it into another game, right? Right. And yeah, with, with just current games like a World of Warcraft or, you know, pretty much any type of game, if you're done with that game, all your purchases stay there. And yeah, it's just pretty much gone if, if you don't use it. So we thought that was a, a very exciting. And the, the notion that the items live on a permanent 
public database meant that items could be ported towards different games, different worlds. That was also a very exciting component wherein, okay, I can take my sword, I can put it in another game that supports it, and then it'll appear there, right? And right. for a lot of people who grew up on science fiction, this is, yeah, this is like the beginning of the metaverse, right? Very early, but it, it's pretty much the kind of building blocks for that. Yeah, so we were very excited in that and started doing, making our own blockchain game. We were doing a lot of stuff around evangelizing NFTs. And we kind of ran into, I guess, like the, the prolonged bear market and people's, I guess, uh, skepticism of blockchain. So 2018 to 20 was pretty painful in that we really believed in what we were doing, but like the world wasn't ready for it, right? Right. So what happened? Because I do remember the CryptoKitties kind of moment. I wrote about it back then. And then as Coinbase has referred to it, it then began the crypto winter. Yeah. <laughs> Ethereum prices crashed, Bitcoin crashed. You know, it went from like people, your cab driver talking about his Bitcoin to nobody talking about Bitcoin or the blockchain or any of that. So what did that mean for your business? I would say it was very difficult to survive then. Uh, we we built a blockchain game called Battle Racers, which is like an arcade racing game where the parts are NFTs. I, I was still very active in playing different blockchain-based games, collecting NFTs, mm -hmm. participating in sales. Particularly, uh, my friends at Sky Mavis who made this game called Axie Infinity. So one of the co-founders, Jiho, I met him at a conference and just, you know, just he gave me a couple of free axes and I started playing this game in uh, late 2018. And that would really be the catalyst, I guess, for uh, kind of what we have now with Yield Guild. The very special thing about Axie is that even when it was very small, it had a really tight-knit community that would help other people and be welcoming of other people who came into the game. So... Uh, yeah, this really kind of set the, I would say, the culture wherein people would come in and they would feel very welcome. And even if you didn't know anything about crypto, like people would go out of their way to teach you. And yeah, that, that, that was a really great community. And, and it, could you briefly explain what Axie Infinity is? Because a lot of people won't know. And it's obviously critical to what you guys are doing now. So Axie started out in early 2018 as kind of a derivative to CryptoKitties. You you had some kind of digital pets uh, kind of loosely patterned after ox oxolotls. You bred them, you, you got new Axies, and then they had different abilities that you could put in a team. You could put three Axies in a team and then battle. And then, yeah, and then you could sell the axes to others who would want to breed them as well and get some rare traits. So that's kind of the base of Axie Infinity. But I guess very importantly, what they did last year, early 2020, was they introduced a system that is now called Play to Earn. So what they did was that when you won a game, you won this virtual currency inside the game called Small Love Potion. Small Love Potion. Yeah, it's a tokenized resource. So... <laughs> what you what you actually do with this SLP is that you have to pay it as a cost to breed new axes. And the reason they did this was that the problem with CryptoKitties, the NFTs retained little of their value because anyone could breed kitties. And so all of a sudden, there were like hundreds of thousands of kitties. And when you have too many of them, the right. price just goes down, right? So they created a system wherein you needed to do something in the game. And do something in the game is uh, winning. And if you win, you had the small love potion, 
and you needed to use up that smaller portion as a cost to breed new axes, which means you needed to participate in the game somehow in order to, to create a new axes. But with the advent of kind of the decentralized finance system, such as Uniswap, so the, the magical thing about it is that you can sync the small love potion so it goes from outside the game to inside your crypto wallet as an ERC-20 token. And then once it's a crypto token... So it's an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain. It's not an NFT. It's actually a currency. It becomes a, a currency. Right. Yeah. So once it becomes an ERC-20 token, you can trade it on Uniswap. You can put it in a pool. And now you can change it for Ether on what the prevailing market rate is, right? And if you change it to Ether, then you can ultimately cash it out to fiat. So now suddenly there was a way to translate your effort into the game that produced an in-game resource that could basically be changed for money at prevailing market rates. So I'm just taking myself back 30 years ago and playing Tech Mobile, for example. I don't know if you know Tech Mobile big part of my childhood. <laughs> I was pretty good at it. I beat most of the neighborhood kids most of the time. I always beat my little brother. <laughs> so and I'm just thinking about that as an analog. So say I'm playing Tecmo Bowl, you know, it's a football game, and I keep winning. In this model, my kind of prowess at that game generates small love potion or big love potion or whatever it may be. That then because of the magic of blockchain, that asset is an asset in the kind of quote unquote, that can be transferred into something in the real world, because it's on the blockchain and I can, it's linked to, this is where I get a bit fuzzy, linked to the value of Ethereum. Yeah, because there is there, there becomes an exchange rate wherein people are willing to change their small love portions for Ether, right? Right. So it'd be like the pound to the dollar, it's one and a half to one or whatever. Right exactly. Now. So and then I translate it to Ethereum and then theoretically, whatever, if I have a Coinbase or Robinhood or whatever, I can be like, all right, I'm going to cash that out and get some money. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Got you. So it's basically a real world economy that exists in a video game. Yes, that's right. Because people are willing to buy the small love potions for their Ether. Like there is value to it. And that's what's really interesting. So why? Why? Because these people want to breed axes and either use them in the game or sell them to other people. Right. So it's, I guess it's like a, like a... It's an economy. Right. It has value. And why do people want to breed axes? Because people want to buy them because they want to earn small love potions. Right. And so what is happening in the Philippines? Because this feels like this is where it's really this kind of economy that we're talking about that's kind of made this leap from the video game world to the real world, what is happening there? So at the start, SLPs really weren't worth much money. Like it was only the small community that was kind of accruing SLP and people were like, nah, like why would I buy it? Like I can generate it myself. So that, that was what the early community was like. And then the lockdown happened last year. And you know, there was so much uncertainty around the early lockdown last year. A lot of people were laid off um, and you know, you're home running out of options, running out of money. He didn't know what to do. And then there was one person in rural Philippines, actually just maybe a couple of hours from here, uh, in a city called Cabanatu. The train is now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers, airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone.